0: Well, good morning, everyone. So glad you could join us today at our live stream from Bundy. Uh, Thank you to Roz for leading this morning, for uh, Joyce for uh, reading God's word, and all of you who've served uh, not just this week, but every week. We're really grateful for you, and brothers and sisters, we're praying for you. And if you're visiting, we're really glad you're with us too. We're going to look at this passage of God's word. Would you join me as we pray and ask for his help? Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word speaks to our lives even the things we feel and experience in the depths of our hearts. And Lord, we pray that you might teach us about how you want us to respond to you this day. Lord, we pray that you might help us to live lives worthy of the gospel, that you might help us to understand your word today, that your spirit might enable me to speak it with clarity and truthfulness, and that your spirit would work in the heart of every man and woman, boy and girl that is listening, and that you would change us, Uh, move us to respond to Jesus in faith, to be saved, that we might be committed and want to live lives that please him each and every day. In Christ's name we ask, amen. When I was 19, I went caving with some friends from Christian Union at university. Uh, With head torches, we went into this deep, dark cave, deep underground I was thankful I wasn't claustrophobic or scared of the dark because after we'd passed through narrow winding tunnels deep underground the 10 of us turned our lights off and I experienced a pitch blackness, pitch black darkness like I'd never seen before. No speck of light anywhere and what scared me was when overweight Clinton was sliding through this very narrow tunnel on my tummy and it was only about as wide as my chest and for a while I got stuck and I got scared. I thought I was going to be stuck underground in that deep darkness. Now thankfully listening to our guide's voice I made it through eventually, we made it out and returning to the light And not the light of someone's torch, but the light of day, the light of the glorious sun, it was amazingly wonderful. Being stuck in darkness was not a place I wanted to be. And when we think about this spiritually, if we've trusted in Jesus, we are, as verse 8 says, light in the Lord. And here we're asked to live like it and to want it. People might try to get away with certain sins in the darkness, but nothing is hidden from God. And if we're his children, he wants us to remember to please him and to live as children of the light. I hope that you'll be encouraged to live for your Lord today. We're not going to have time this morning to look at all the details in this passage, but children, if you're in preschool or primary school, in about five minutes' time, I want you to listen out for the word greed because I want you to, to speak to you especially then. Remember, Ephesians 1 to 3 were about our riches in Christ. Now, chapters 4 to 6 are about our responsibilities in Christ. We Christians, we've been saved by God's, th- by God's grace through faith in Jesus he died to forgive our sins, to make us alive, to reconcile us to God as his children. And so how should we live now? As we heard last week, chapter 5, verse one where to imitate God by loving others. And remember from Trav's talk last week, from chapter 4, that meant loving others with our words, with our emotions, with our hands, and with our heart. God loves us. And so we love others. Now in chapter 5, we shift from focusing on sins against others to sins committed more in secret. Those sins we commit in our minds or in the dark, which still disobey God. And the reason to live God's way is found in the key verse, in verse 8, "'For you were once darkness.'" But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The point is, you are light in the Lord, so live like it. 1 John chapter 1 says, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. And when Jesus walked the earth, he described himself as the light, didn't he? He described himself as the light. I am the light. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Later in John 12, Jesus says, Put your trust in the light while you have it, so that you may become children of light. So by trusting in Jesus, we become children of the light. We, brothers and sisters, are light because we're in Jesus. We're clothed with Christ who is the light of the world. And in him, we move from darkness to light. By faith in Jesus, we become new people and are light. And now we are to live out who we are. Our behavior is to conform with our identity. We are light. Now we're to show it in our lives. Light-filled, godly holy, Christ-like lives. And what that looks like, we're going to think about now. It means saying no to some things and yes to others. Our first and longer point is living as children of light means saying no. Verse 3, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is literally fornication any sex with someone that you're not married to including sleeping with your girlfriend your boyfriend your fiance but we can even sin in this way in our minds Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 5 verse 27 28 and the word impurity here relates to lustful thoughts too many businesses have closed or lost income in this lockdown But the world's largest pornography website has reported large increases in views these last months. People view porn because they're bored, angry, lonely, depressed, stressed. And as one professor of psychology said, ultimately it's for pleasure. I have no doubt that some watching today right now will have an addiction to it. Even a secret addiction. But the pleasure does not last, it only enslaves and pulls you into darkness. You may think that no one sees and no one knows, but God knows and it will be exposed. God is not against sex. But its beauty and joy is to find expression in the bounds of a loving marriage between a man and a woman. And so what God says here is not to kill your joy. It's for your good. It's for your flourishing. If you're struggling with an addiction to pornography, speak to a Christian friend. Read one of these books by Tim Chester. You can change or captured by a better vision. In the words of verse 11, expose it. Bring it into the light, verse 13. If you know Christ, you need to say no to sexual sin. And with God's enabling, as you love Jesus more, you can change. Kids, if you weren't listening, now is the time to tune in. Greed, also mentioned in verse 3. Greed is an uncontrolled desire for more. Always desiring more money, more food, more of your favourite food, your favourite drink. Greed is that continual desire for the next toy, the newer thing, the better thing, the bigger thing. Whether it's as small as shoes, a phone, or a PS4, or as big as a car, a kitchen, a house. And verse 5 tells us that when we do that, we're we're worshipping an idol. We're loving and wanting something else more than God. A dad called Mark writes this. It was the morning of my son's seventh birthday when I first began to see the true impact of consumerism on my kids. We'd woken up at the customary ungodly hour and were perched on the end of the bed, watching him open his presents. Number two son had made no secret of what he hoped to receive even nine months earlier. Happily, we'd both been able to afford and locate that present, he screamed with delight. Then just as quickly he turned over the box to show his brother the pictures of the other things he wanted, and a discussion of what they wanted for Christmas followed. The actual contents of the box had been forgotten. At the very moment when they could have been celebrating what they had, an advertisement had moved them on to what they were yet to get. But are we adults much different? I doubt it. I suspect many of us struggle with greed and pleasure-seeking. We want to indulge our appetites and hoard our wealth for our own pleasure and comfort. Do you? I know what that's like too. The opposite of greed is contentment, being happy with what you have, not always hungering for more. Contentment can come as we choose to be sacrificially generous to others. And in the words of one writer, this will feel painful. But if our generosity isn't hurting... Then it isn't actually sacrificial. Does verse 3 challenge you in any way? Maybe to give away something, to give away more, to be willing to share? Does verse 3 challenge you to not even have a hint of these things? Do you need to ask God for forgiveness? Adults, kids, I ask, do you need to confess your greed? and commit to change with God's help. Kids, maybe you could chat with your parents over lunch about how to say no to greed. Next, we're told in verse 4 that we must say no to sinful words. Kids, you might kids, you might want to keep listening. Obscenity or dirty language. Foolish talk and coarse joking are not okay for God's people, we're told. Coarse joking might include the comedy you watch, the radio host you listen to, or teenagers, is there rude jokes you say or share with certain friends? It reminded me of Jesus' words in Matthew 12. I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the Day of judgment for every careless word they've spoken. And last week, chapter 4, verse 29, weren't we told to only speak words that are helpful and loving? I find this hard too. As Paul says in Ephesians 5, verse 6, we need to say no to sin because if we continue in those things if disobedience defines us, if we consistently live that way, our way and not God's way, then it means we're not God's child. We're not following Jesus and God's wrath is coming. What's coming is hell and not heaven. Verse 5 doesn't describe occasionally sinning in, in these ways, but habitually, ongoingly. And so if you have trusted in Jesus, if you've turned to him as Lord, then your sins have been forgiven. Don't doubt your salvation or fear hell. But our faith is and it will be shown by our works. And so do you need to repent of something? Do you need to say no to something, stop something? As verse 11 says, we need to expose our deeds of darkness to the light. It's hard, but let the light of God's word shine on the page of your life and convict you of sin. And then maybe for the first time, or yet again, turn from it, turn to Christ for forgiveness. In the words of verse 14, wake up because Christ can bring you from darkness to light. Jesus can save you from sin, forgive those secret sins and change you. Ask and allow the light of Christ to change you. The story is told of a a billionaire with a luxury yacht who was interviewing potential helmsmen to skipper it. As the best three candidates gathered around the boat to demonstrate their sailing skills, he explained that he wanted a sailor of great skill who would take him and his friends or clients sailing whenever needed. Each of the three men took turns showcasing their skills out in the harbour. The first three sailed, sorry, the first Sailed, the first man sailed the priceless yacht at top speed within 30 meters of the rocky cliffs. Everyone gasped at his talent. The second was even more skillful. He sailed within 15 meters of the rocky cliffs. Everyone felt excitement, yet trepidation, about what the third would attempt. The third candidate calmly steered the yacht out into the middle of the harbour and all enjoyed a rather relaxed trip, admiring the stunning views. To their great surprise, the billionaire gave the job to the third applicant. "'You were all amazingly skillful, he said, "'but my yacht is precious.' And I don't want a helmsman who is so confident as to steer it within meters of crashing. One mistake and it's a disaster. I want someone who will take my precious yacht out into the open water to enjoy it safely, to enjoy the safety and the beauty that's there. And one commentator says this, God does not want us to be driving our precious bodies as close to immorality as we can. We may get away with it for a while, but one mistake and we can live with the wreckage the rest of our lives. Actually, there's great joy and satisfaction in living well within God's rules. And so I ask, why are you... Constantly shopping online. Why are you shopping online for a new phone when your old one works fine? Or for those new shoes when your other five or ten pairs are enough? Why are you keen to see that woman at work when you can get back there, when you know she'll flirt with you? Why are you lying on your boyfriend on the couch in the dark? Why are you turning on your computer or your phone at night when you know what you'll look at? Why are you sharing your personal thoughts with someone else's husband? Stop steering close to the rocks. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. And remember, the gospel of God's love that we read back in verse 1 and 2 The gospel of God's love in Christ gives us power to change. It's the grace of God that is the key to godliness. God has made you light. So live as children of light. By not only saying no, but also by saying yes. We are to say yes to and shine out what is good and right and true. Verse 9. This is what pleases the Lord, verse 10. Paul's been telling us what pleases the Lord in Ephesians chapters 4 and 5 and 6. The character and conduct of our God is to be seen in us and and come from us, being godly in our words and our behaviour. We're also to say yes to the things in verses 15 to 20. Look at that. Living carefully thoughtfully being careful with your choices careful and wise as we just heard in the kids talk this morning and here living wisely means knowing what the lord's will is and doing it following it and verse 18 and following also tells us what god's will is don't get drunk Teenagers, adults, instead of being filled with alcohol, notice where to be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1 said that when we believe the good news of Jesus, when we believe the gospel, we receive, we are given the Holy Spirit. And this being filled with the Spirit describes being controlled and empowered by the Spirit. And it can last for a certain period of time and, and, it, and happen repeatedly. Even the apostles were filled with the Spirit in the book of Acts to speak God's word powerfully on more than one occasion. Be filled is a passive verb, so we can't do it ourselves. But may you and I, may we be permitting and praying and asking and wanting the Spirit to fill us. And when you're under the influence... Under the influence, not of alcohol, but of the spirit, it will be seen, it will have effects. We'll display the character and truths of the spirit. The verb be filled with is followed here by four participles, four in-words, even five of them. The spirit-filled person is speaking and singing, giving thanks and submitting, and submitting in marriage we'll come to next week. But us being filled with the spirit will show itself in speaking to one another in songs and in singing and making music to the Lord. Now, this isn't a command to stop talking to one another and start singing like we're in some lay Mis musical. The point is, when Christians gather, and we long to do this again, to sing together, don't we? But when we can one day... Gather and sing. Remember that we speak to one another as we sing. So have you remembered that our singing is both vertical and horizontal? We sing not just to God, but also to teach and encourage one another. But even if you sit alone on your couch this morning, you can sing and make music In your heart to the Lord. As you praise his name, bless and praise his name in our next song. Or as you listen to music that helps you praise his name during the week. And when you sing and only your family members or your housemates hear you this morning, you can still encourage them as you sing to the Lord. Sing with your heart to the Lord. And when we are filled with thankfulness, the next effect of being spirit-filled, we'll want to sing. We'll sing with joy. We'll be thankful in our prayers. We'll be content with what God gives. You see, I'm convinced that thanksgiving, also mentioned back in verse 4, can be a cure, and antidote to the sins that we struggle with. So if we're thankful Thankful that Christ is our saviour and our greatest treasure. If he really is, our greatest treasure, we're far less likely to sleep with someone we're not married to, even in our minds. We're less likely to want to use those sinful words to get a laugh or to be accepted by others. If we're often thanking God for our home, car, clothes, thanking Him for money to pay for our needs and occasional enjoyable purchases, and we're not, well, then we won't actually always be greedily lusting after more and more. If you're thankful for forgiveness, new life, real hope, that you're a dearly loved child of God for whom Christ died, If you're thankful for all of those things, every day you'll want to please your Saviour, as will I. Saying yes to being thankful may be the key for you. Jesus is the light of the world. And you, brothers and sisters, are light in him. So our Lord and Saviour calls us to live for him, to live to please him. Will you say no to that secret sin of yours? Just like I left that cave, will you leave the deeds of darkness behind? Will you come again to Christ who is the light and will you leave his way? God has saved you, and he does not want to leave you and I as we are. He doesn't want to leave you as you are, but make you more like Jesus, showing righteousness and thankfulness. So ask for the Spirit's help as you live to please your Father and your Lord Jesus this week. Ask for the Spirit's help to live as a child of the light. Let's pray. Oh, Father, forgive us. So often we're forgetful children. So often we forget who we are in Christ, that we're loved by you. That We are light in Jesus. Forgive us for all those times when we sin in our words, our desires, our thoughts, our actions. Forgive us for the thinking that we can get away with our sin when it's hidden in the darkness, in secret. Remind us, Lord, that everything on the day of judgment will be exposed. But, Lord, we pray you'd give us grace and the help of your spirit to expose our sin to the light of your word. Let it convict us, move us to confess it, to turn from it, to sorrow over it and desire to change to turn back to you in faith and trust with a desire to live your way. Pray, God, that we would say no to sin and yes to living a life that pleases you. Lord, we can only do this by the help of your Spirit, so please change us, fill us, and Lord, make us thankful people. And loving Father, we pray today too for some brothers from the 5pm congregation. Jonathan Parsons who was diagnosed with COVID-19 on Friday. Please bless and protect and heal Jonathan and James Sharman and Sam Sachidanandam, who in their house too are unwell at the moment, who are sick. Protect Jonah, the other housemate too, and all who've been in contact with these men during the week. Encourage Jonathan and each one of them in their faith. Help them to believe and Rely on your promises, give them peace, peace as they rest in your sovereign care, and may they glorify Jesus in the way they respond at the moment. Father, please provide for all their needs, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.